new technology working its way through the world. Hey, all things MSP crew, and that technology change that Justin is referring to is the fact that we have switched to StreamYard to record the podcast and the video, obviously, for the podcast as well. If you're listening, you probably won't notice a thing. If you're watching, you'll just notice that it has a little bit different format. This is one of those things that we are able to do now that we have sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors to improve the quality and the consistency and all the stuff that we do here for you. So thanks again to our sponsors and uh, hope you enjoy the new technology. SuperOps is actively engaged in helping all MSPs improve their business. If you did not attend one of their super summits in 2023, all is not lost. They've taken some of the great content shared at those events and turned them into eBooks. The first one is called Skyrocketing MSP Revenue from 1 million to 10 million do's and don'ts with Dave Patel from Build Right. It contains 12 pages of helpful tips and guidance for MSPs to grow their revenue. Check it out. There's a link in the description or go to atmsp.link forward slash superops ebook one. A big thanks to Superops for sharing this kind of content with the community. Uh, for those who, if this ever makes the air today, when we're recording is January 19th, Apple Vision Pro is up for pre-sale, pre-order. Uh, and when you buy it, you then have to go in store to uh, get it fitted or whatever. And Apple released some awesome new videos on YouTube's, um, where you can see like one how it's made, which it's mostly glue, <laughs> which is a little concerning. And the other one is they show they did like a video where they like had someone who's never used it before, like try out all these features, which seems cool enough but like there's no backs i want the backstory where's the origin of will where where does he come from is that his apartment what does he do for a living because his email said something about the mars rover but then when he was doing work stuff he was doing 3d animation of like a marble going through a tube there was just not enough cohesion there and then all of a sudden the person who was helping him from apple was like put these on you're gonna get a phone call and you're like is tim cook calling will no, it's Nina from, from the internal HR department over at Apple just being like, hi, I'm calling you from my computer. This is what it looks like. Someone else is going to call you next. And I'm like, this is too scripted for him to have never used it before. Um, but uh, I want to know if people are going to order it or not. Did you order one? I did not order one. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the All Things MSP Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oscar. With me always is my good friend, podcast producer extraordinaire. Not New Year's baby because it's been a couple of weeks. Still having a lightsaber battle behind him because he still can't figure out how Hughes work. Mr. Eric Anthony. Eric, we got a lot of colors happening. We got red, blue. We got yeah. orange. We got brown, black. We got a... Don't diss my Hughes. <laughs> you can't see it on camera, but I actually have two blue ones shining on the outsides of my uh, couch. New system, wider Justin. That sounded wrong. Um, <laughs> New Year's resolution failed. Wider Justin. <laughs> That's better. That's more yep. accurate. Uh, it's freezing down here in my basement office, which is why I'm wearing it. Looks like I just came in from the outside. Side note one of my favorite SNL bits is when Bobby Moynihan used to pretend to be Chris Christie from the state of New Jersey, and he's wearing a fleece indoors. And I 
think it was uh, the current news anchors, uh, and it was Che and and Joe's, and they said you could take the fleece off, and he just goes, "It's stuck to my body." <laughs> well, it is a lovely fifty-one degrees here in Raleigh, oh, North Carolina. Boy. However, tomorrow, tomorrow, it's going to be twenty degrees in the morning. You're getting what I have. You're getting the snow. The, yeah. the snow is coming through. My son already had a half day, and my daughter has like a three quarters day. I got to go pick her up. She can wait. It's fine. I'd rather record and hang out with my friends. We have other friends on today. We have some guests. Love it when we have a guest on the show. Actually, today we have two guests, which means I love it, love it when we have guests on the show. Miss Marnie Stockman and Nick Coniglio. I did it that way on purpose because I don't want to screw up his name because everyone says that they <laughs> screw it up. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to the show. Real quick, because uh, there's two of you, so you're going to split the time. Uh, each of you take about a minute. Uh, tell everybody who you are. Uh, we'll get into why you're here in a second. And then uh, tell everybody who's your favorite character from Ted Lasso as a nice little layup to what we're talking about today. Perfect. I guess I'll get started. Uh, Nick Coniglio. Coniglio. Um, uh, first and foremost, I'm a diehard New York, Jet fan, New York Jets fan. So I just have to get that out there. Um, just so hopefully I get some sympathy, but um, really I am, uh, you know, I've been in technology uh, since the nineties. Um, I have, I have worn many hats. I've been a computer programmer. I have run a consulting organization uh, specifically around uh, BI data warehousing. Um, I've been part of uh, a number of companies, uh, startup companies, SaaS platforms, uh, hit my biggest mark in K-12 education, uh, where we delivered a solution that tested millions of students across the country. Uh, but most recently, uh, along with Marnie, uh, two other co-founders, uh, Alex Burrow and Kurt Davis, we uh, started Lifecycle Insights. Um, from there, it's a, it's a customer success platform for those that don't know, uh, obviously in the MSV space, hopefully you've heard of us. Um, but yeah, most recently, most recent project is all about sharing our experiences and and what we've learned in our framework, and and we wrote a book about it. So that's all about me. And who's your favorite character? Oh, my favorite character. Um, you know, I'm a skeptic, so uh, I know it goes against the grain a little bit. A lot of people don't like Beard, but I'm a pretty big Coach Beard fan myself. Oh, that changes good. every week, by the way, but that's where I am this week. <laughs> So. I was like, I want to say all of them. <laughs> I, uh, I'm Marnie Stockman. I uh, started out as a high school math teacher and then landed as uh, CEO of Lifecycle Insights. So the normal path that folks get to, uh, you know, to running a software company. Um, but in the middle there, uh, I was a customer success for the ed tech company that um, Nick spoke about. And so that is really where we kind of learned our, built our, our framework and strategy around customer success and growing raving fans. And that's how to grow a business. Um, I always jokingly say, since I was a high school math teacher, that uh, that means I was selling pre-calc to 16 year olds. So I know something about selling, but uh, one of the unique things about lifecycle insights, we didn't have salespeople that we really wanted to grow based on raving fans. And, uh, and I am a raving fan of Ted Lasso as well. Um, I, I, I most, um, resonate with Ted, but um, Trent Krim is a current favorite uh, today. Yes. But like Nick said, if you ask me in six minutes, I'm going to pick Keely or Roy. So I'll just stop there. I do. I, you know, it's funny because you know that, that everyone says that expression, if you can't do teach, 
Marnie, you went from from teaching to doing because you know I've known you for a while and I've seen some of the stuff from from Life Cycle Insights. And I didn't know you were a teacher until I was reading the book. Which, by the way, we're talking today about uh, lead like Lasso. Hence the Ted Lasso reference, a book that Marnie and Nick wrote together, a leadership book for life, your life, unofficial, unauthorized, and uncensored. We'll get into this in a second. I do feel like a talk show host today. Um, <laughs> But I've known you for a while, and to, to, I didn't know about you being a teacher, and so I was like, "Oh, she broke the mold." <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Today, I heard somebody say that um, that uh, blogs are introverts' way of doing podcasts, <laughs> um, but they also, in the same conversation, said that when you when you write or teach, you really crystallize your own thinking, which is true about teaching, right? It, to be honest, yeah. um, what a strategy I often used in teaching was to help have the students teach other students, because if you're going to try to explain it to somebody else, you really have to know it. So I, I'll argue with it if you can't do teach piece, but that's just because that's in my core. Yeah. You know, I find myself doing that when I'm thinking through a process, right? I'm drawing it out. Uh, I may share it on Facebook, right? I, I've done that a couple of times in the last yeah. couple of weeks where I've been just mapping out some thoughts and and putting it out there for, for other people to kind of just comment on. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, I, I think one of the things about just our success with Lifecycle Insights and how important it was to have Marnie in, in, involved with obviously the, the, whole, the whole company. But, you know, one of the things that we really needed to do, especially since... The, since we were coming in from a different space, right? We came in from K-12 into the IT services community. Um, but QBRs were really well established in other industries. And in the MSP community, when we first entered it, they were being talked about, right? But they, not everybody really know how to do them. So part of our, our whole uh, go-to-market strategy was around education and having Marnie's background and experience being a teacher, I think was, was absolutely critical in the success of Lifecycle Insights. And it's 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 funny that you keyed out keyed in on that because it's it's one of the reasons why we're here today is 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 her ability to educate and present things in such a way that people grasp. And it's been pretty darn important to our success. Well that's awesome. And yeah, I'm I, I was going through this today uh the last couple of days. And uh number one, I, I, I like Coach Coach Beard. For anyone who hasn't seen Ted Lasso, go Stop being lazy. Go watch the show, uh, Eric. Um, but I, I really – sorry. I blew up your spot. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I like Coach Beard. The thing about Coach Beard was always like uh, – what I always got about him was that he's always reading in, in all these scenes, right? If you watch like the nuance the way the show is done, Coach is always reading a book. It's never the same book. Um, but it, for me, it's he's always learning, right? So many of us uh, – try to learn on the, especially in the, in our industry, we're trying to learn on the fly. We're trying to read a Google, you know, Microsoft knowledge base article, which yeah. makes zero sense. <laughs> um, Marnie, do me a favor, get a job at Microsoft and rewrite all their crap. Um, <laughs> but like his continual learning, I think is such an important piece because he wasn't just learning about soccer or football. He was yeah. learning about all of these different things. And if you really stop to look at the book that he's reading, like, he spawns so many different genres. And I think it's important for us as MSP owners to do the same. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in part of the book, we, we have Beard's bookshelf. So after every character, we say, if we were Coach Beard, we would assign you these books. 
because they're sort of, here's some strengths and weaknesses you have, and you might like some of these and you might need some of these. Yeah. So I'm a huge reader. That was fun for me to watch in the show. And it was fun for us to add that component to the book too. Yeah, it was. It, I did like how you guys broke up. You, you broke up there. First off, uh, kudos for getting Roy Kent to write your preface. <laughs> uh, legal legal statement, imaginary. Roy imaginary Kent. Roy Kent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. He doesn't listen to the show. Um, <laughs> and I've often been time if I'm mad at my kids and I I go and I look I go my my wife will go stop Roy Kenting. She puts she makes it a, she makes it a verb. Uh, <laughs> But I did like how you like you made the the content here relatable to something in pop culture that you know a lot of people have gotten hooked on. I mean, the show itself was so popularized, and for you to like take what seems like a, a, a is common. I'm setting you up here, Marnie. What seems <laughs> like common sense leadership. You know the line. I'm, uh, you can spit it out after me. Yeah, but like, yeah. and to equate it to like, if you were this character, this is what you would do. Because like, we always wish we're better, right? We always wish we're these characters from these shows. I, I, I this is going to sound really stupid, but like, I watch um, Fixer Upper with Joanna and Chip Gaines, and I watch how they are with their family, and I'm like, I want to be like Chip Gaines. And I read his book, and it, by the way, it's horrible. It's like a <laughs> someone wrote it with a crayon. <laughs> <laughs> but like you put it into perspective of like the what it takes to be a, an effective leader from all their perspectives. I think that's that's really important. So I'd like to plug in the common sense thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I knew what line we were going with. So uh, so one of the things we felt like was really important is our first rule was leadership is life, that everybody needs to be a leader. And even though it's called lead it like Lasso, everybody doesn't need to lead like Ted Lasso, right? But everybody's got their own strengths, their own core values. And you really need to identify that for yourself so you can lead your own life in an authentic way to yourself because we don't want Roy to behave like Ted. We want Roy to behave like Roy. We love that, right? We need the Rebecca's, we need the Keeleys. So we really did take try to take an approach of that. There are a lot of different styles of this and own who you are and know who you are. And then when you learn to lead yourself, then you can lead others as well. And we kind of made it, I mean, going back to what you were saying, Justin, we kind of made that relatable as well. Right. So we have an assessment in the book, right. That kind of indicates, do you, do you lead it like Ted or do you lead it like Rebecca? But we even take it a step further. Right. So if you lead it like Rebecca, you might have these strengths, right. Um, but here are some areas that 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 you might need to improve upon, right? Um, and I think that's that's one of the key aspects of learning how to lead yourself is not only understanding your strengths, but really where to find and and how to self improve. And and we're hoping that that we give you some hints and some tips and some tricks. Um, we know that these are these are based on what we've learned over time and based on a whole lot of books that person next to me read, right? Um, and we referenced in, in our book, but um, sometimes you just need a, a, you need a little bit of a, a push and a map to, to move forward. And that's what we were trying to get at. And I'm glad you picked up the relatability factor because when we were trying to figure out how to present this, yeah, you know, we, we didn't originally pick Lead It Like Lasso. We didn't know where we were going, 
But one of the key points that that we really wanted to have as an outcome was to make it relatable. So so it didn't matter if you're in business, if you're a college student, if you're a mom or a dad, you know, find a way to re to relate concepts. And and, Leo, and Ted Lasso is really a perfect way to do that. I feel well, like you're opening up an entire bookshelf here. You could do uh, feel it like the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, music with the Muppets. I don't know. Right, right. Take notes. Take notes. These are freebies. You can roll with it. Um, so I, I was reading about the part about the core values, right? You, you had written about core values yourself. And I equate those um, not necessarily from a personal standpoint, but from a business standpoint as what I like to teach, which is the immutable laws of your business, right? Um, for us at Virtual, we have them. We have them on our website. Like these are the, 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 your core values are immutable as anything saying like, this is what we're going to live and die by. This is who we are. Right. Um, am I right in thinking this way or should I be looking at core values in a slightly different angle? Well, I, I think you're, you're dead on from a business perspective, right? I mean, we built, we built Lifecycle Insights. The very first thing we did was bring in and establish our core values. Like our number one core value was raving fans right, at Lifecycle Insights. Every decision we made, every interaction with partners, with vendors in the community was, was measured against uh, raving fans, that, that one core value. We had others as well, obviously, but in, in our world where where businesses in our from our perspective where businesses start start getting into issues is really where there's a clash between the core values and how it plays out in the culture right that and that 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 transcends into how you you deal with your customers it transcends into how your employees feel and what type of, of productivity they have um, and, and one of the things that's different, I think, about our book as compared to, um, you know, just Googling leadership frameworks or anything to that effect is that we, we, make, we, we go at it and we have the premise that you start with core values. That is the starting point as opposed to vision, right? Once you have your core values established, then your vision is reflective of that. Um, and, and to us, it, as Marnie said, it kind of starts with yourself. But all these principles in our mind are, are, are translatable up the scale to teams, to businesses, to church groups. I don't, I don't care what you're talking about, right? They, they translate up the spectrum really, really well. Yeah, I think probably what happens there is if your core values aren't your starting point, you can create this vision that actually conflicts with your core values and it just makes it not realistic. Well, one thing we find interesting is many people will pick aspirational core values and not actual core values of how their actual behavior is. And uh, a part of that, you'll see on Glassdoor, someone will point out that their culture is not what they claim their core value to be. And that is where there's that disconnect. And they're those are the companies that don't feel good to work for. Right. You you go working for a company thinking that it's going to feel a certain way. And when the behaviors don't match what you're claiming your core value is, that's what feels gross. Yep. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm a trans, you know, core value. We're, we believe in transparency, yet the executive team is hiding everything and anything to, to not disclose something that they don't want their customers know, their employees know. That's a recipe for disaster, right? Yeah. Once once that conflict starts happening, it's it's no good. No we point. try to we try to our core values of our business about you know the honor system and our, what we call the education connector and cool cool as cucumber. We try to hold those true. I mean, I think that's for us. It's more from the us to the client side internally. I think we probably have different immutable laws. Uh, I think that that should be allowed and that should be okay. Uh, one of the core values I've always tried to put into my team is that like family first, right? Like I don't, I don't do, first off, I don't do that shit where we're like, Oh guys, we're a family. Like I don't do that. We're not a family. Yeah. Yeah. That is not true. But like, I want you to be, we take care of your family first. If you have something that needs to be done, you say to me, Hey, I got this thing I got to do. And I'm going to go, go do it because family first. Um, and I think I've established that within our organization with anyone who's coming on about that. There's probably some other places I can probably work on in terms of like, there's like a weird blur between core values and then like how that leaks into processes that have to get done within the company. I feel like, um, you know, and the fact that, and let's bring it back to Lasso, right? Ted had Beard, Ted had Kent, Ted had Nick for a while. Um, and even Higgins, you know, to help not only lean on, but to help to, to, to disperse the different pieces to divert. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking to delegate, to delegate his like different components of the value. Cause maybe beard was better at one of the core values that they had as the, as a company and as a team than, than Ted did. Yep. Well, and we talk in the book a lot about your diamond dogs, right? And, I, and I've and i mentioned that it, not everybody has to be Ted Lasso, right? And it yeah. takes all of the different skill sets, both the actual technical skills. And I think Beard was more the tactician than Ted, right? We know that Ted, there was an entire internet of things Ted didn't know about uh, the offsides rule as well as, uh, you know, soccer in general. Um, but then also the soft skills, right? And they would ask Higgins, you know, when the Diamond Dogs got together. Um, so it is important to have a whole team that rounds out. One of the activities we have in the book, you know, they say in, that you are the average of the five people, you're, you know, your five closest contacts. Yeah. Um, and we have you rate your contacts on all of these different, uh, you know, across the spectrum of your core values of who supports you in that? They don't have to have that same core value as you, but who helps you be that that better version of you? Um, and it's interesting to think about it that way and to think about your company that way. Does the company round out being able to live by your core values? And does the culture feel that? So let's talk about the rating for a second. Uh, somewhere towards the back half of the book, you ha and you have this online uh, on your website, which is uh, leadlikelasso.com, I think. Um, you have that, the, the, the form that you can fill out to, to the, you want people to download their own personal operating system, right? And Marnie's yeah. in yeah. the book as an example, here's my problem with these things. And I want, I want you to fight me on this one. Great. Um, <laughs> no one is ever honest with themselves. And so you have in there and I, I, I even specifically folded the page down because look how talk showy I am. Um, <laughs> You have the belief, conditioning, versatility, and awareness with a with a star scale, right? Yeah. I know people who, if they were going to go do this, would give themselves five stars across the board for that. 
when in, it's page 176. I'm just going to point it out in your own book as you open it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I know people who, even under the personality component, they're, they lie to themselves about it because they're so clouded by their own bullshit. You can bleep me, Eric. Uh, that I feel like, so how do, how, do, how do you get someone past that? How do you get someone to actually really dig deep and like be truthfully honest about that? Well, first, if you have a good true set of diamond dogs, they will be honest with you about that. And you should have that conversation. So in a little insider inside baseball tip on lead it like lasso is my daughter is the one that gave me star ratings. So before we published the book, I had her um go through and rate me. So if you want honesty, have a teenager or a 20 something, they'll let you know exactly where you're wrong. And then um, Nick absolutely is on my, um, my diamond dog. And I believe one of the things that is important about diamond dogs is they are your biggest fans and your harshest critics. Um, yeah, and sure. because you've built trust with them that you can hear the hard things about yourself with them. So to do this, honestly, you should take a good run at it, but you should also go to those people that you trust to be honest about you and ask if that sounds accurate. And yeah, did I like to see handled pressure down there? I'm like, I like to avoid pressure at all costs. Oh, I can see. Yep. Yep. That's why she, that's why she, she thought it was so low, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Notice my my operating system is not in the book because, like you said, Justin, I rated myself all fives, and Marnie said, "Not a chance, big fella. That ain't happening." So I like that Marnie said no. It wasn't the editor who was like, "Nick, this seems like bullshit." Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's awesome. I really do like that. Uh, I do, Marnie, I do have a question specifically for you because I have little ones at home, and you put this in the book, and I need to call this out, and I'm going to publicly. Yeah pull this out yeah your lat your your life hack of saying you can have any snack you want after you eat seven fruits and veggies tell yeah. me how you jedi mind tricked your kids into actually listening to you about it because if i say to my kid you can have a snack fruit or veggie the amount of, i mean granted he's eight the amount of crap i get in return for that what 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 am i doing wrong as a parent here <laughs> no i I, it, it felt like a stroke of genius, frankly, when it hit. And what would happen is I'd be playing volleyball. We had the same volleyball court uh, in our yard. And the kids would always be like, can I have a brownie? Can I have a brownie? And I was like, and I explained that they were turning me into a nag because I was the one that had to constantly be saying no. And I didn't want to be the one that was constantly saying no. So I said, I want to basically like in my mind, I'm like I'm going to empower them to be able to say yes. And I said, like, I don't want to be the bad guy all the time. That doesn't feel good. So, but the reason I don't let you have seven brownies is because that's too much. It's not good for you. So as long as there's a balance, we're at a party, it's a treat. I think a good rule is if you have seven fruits or veggies and my son loved carrots. So if you have seven carrots, you don't even have to ask me for the brownie that way they're because otherwise they're plates. What do you do at a party? Like they would, the kids would just load up all the junk and then nobody else loves any, you know, like it, they just feel gross. So it was all about, I had that conversation with them. And then, as I said in the book, 
all of the grown-ups at the party love to harass me about it. Miss Marnie, I had my fruits and veggies. I was like, great, then go get your brownie. I don't know why you're asking me. You know the rules. You can have Why can't you come back with seven blueberries and then be like, look, I have seven. Like, he, he'd definitely find a way out of it. Um, where do you think what's next now? So now, now people are leading it. Like, so they've learned their, they've learned their lessons. They've read the, they've bought and read your book where, by the way, people can buy it on Amazon. Yep. 100%. So go on, everyone go on Amazon, buy the book, support that support Nick and, and Marnie. Um, where do you go from here? Where, where does not you, but where does the, the, the reader of the book, where do they go from here? What's the next steps for them? Well, I think, I think one of the things that's unique about this book is we give you practical activities and exercises to kind of apply it. Um, and our hope would be that, that you know, and, and I view this as a parent, right? I've got a 19-year-old son, right, who's trying to figure out what to do with his life. He's trying to lead, lead him, figure out how to lead himself, right? And my hope would be that, that people try to have conscious thought about how to improve themselves. And, you know, we're, we're, uh, I was recently, um, have you read uh, Hidden Potential by Adam, Adam Grant, right? He talks about the fact that we're in the midst of a character revolution, right? With all, with, with all the technology at our disposal, with AI that's out there, right? right? Everybody's kind of leveled out the playing field a little bit. Everybody's an expert at everything, right? What's going to differentiate you? What is going to differentiate you is your human, your character skills, right? And that's what this book is about, right? You have to have, you you have to have um, the the idea of paying attention to improving your character skills, your softer skills, because at the end of the day, if you're going to be successful in life, you need to start to differentiate, right? And our hope is that you take this book, right, that you guys are showing, and it makes you think about some of the things that you can do to help differentiate yourselves from other people and start to level up. So in our opinion, it's starting to apply, whether it's, it's what, we, what we state in the book or just to get you to think about some of the ideas that we state in the book and apply it to your own world and how to get better. That's awesome. Arnie, you have anything else to add to that? No, I love that. <laughs> uh, nailed it in one, Nick. All right, uh, well, as we wrap up, uh, real quick, can we get it? Can we get a diamond dogs? How do they say it? Can we get a diamond dog yell? No one has asked me to hoo, hoo, hoo before, but that's no one has done that yet. Come on! <laughs> All right, so Marty Nick, where can people find out more about the book? Where can they find more about you? Um, so leaditlikelasso.com. Now, Amazon's an easy way if you just want to grab the book. Find us on LinkedIn. We're, we're both easy to find there. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Eric, any final, any final words for Nick and Marnie? So first of all, I want to thank you guys. Cause when I pick up a book like this, I really appreciate the fact that you go through making it relatable and finding, helping people find the system and the process that works for them. Right. That that's really important when I pick up, pick up a book of this genre. Now I will say I did not have time to read this this week, but this Fair. is also not a book that I just read, right? This is one yeah. where I spend, you know, a half hour, whatever, every morning as part of my morning ritual, going through, reading, doing the practical applications of it, 
journaling if that's you know if it lends itself to that that kind of thing but i do want to know when's the audible version coming out <laughs> so we're aiming to do that in q1 so we'll keep you posted because <laughs> usually what i like to do is I, I i listen to it first and then i do when it's a study book like this when it's a book yeah. that i yeah. want to carefully and mindfully go through um i like to listen to it first to get an idea of the whole thing and then, and then study go. it and I don't I you not, Eric. Every day this week, we have talked about getting an audible version. <laughs> if you need a voice, yeah, oh, right here. All right. Oh, good to but know. I, just what you guys want. More of me out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny part is I don't cuss, but as we know, Roy at the beginning does a good bit, so I've already said I can do. You know what? Read that. <laughs> I'll do the imaginary. I'll do the prep. I'll I'll call you the second my kids piss me off and I start going all Roy Henry. <laughs> I'll call you. I'll read the press, uh, and then just do the whole thing for you. Then you run with that. The rest of it you can do on your own. Sold. I love it. Awesome. Well, Nick, Marty, thank you so much for being here. Uh, as always, check out all of our episodes of the All Things MSP Podcast and all your favorite podcasting tools. Join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash all things MSP. Watch what this looks like in a new video format over at the YouTubes. YouTube.com slash at all things MSP. I think I've hit all the links, which means Eric, I'm good to say. Bye. Appreciate y'all. <laughs>Do you have files or email to move from one platform to another? Or maybe you're doing a digital transformation from on-premise servers to the cloud. Check out MoveBot, one of our premier sponsors here at All Things MSP. Moving files and email during a transition, onboarding, or upgrade can be time-consuming, tedious, and be derailed by surprises and risks. Reduce your technician workload and increase migration reliability with MoveBot. Check out MoveBot using our special link, which you can find in the description of this post, or just go directly to atmsp.link forward slash MoveBot. From your host, Justin Eskar, and myself, thank you for listening to the All Things MSP podcast. Join the All Things MSP Facebook group or follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. The All Things MSP podcast is a BizPow LLC production. And even though we drink a lot of it, this podcast is still not sponsored by Liquid Death.